0: Watch your thoughts, because they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. And watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Those words were written by Frank Outlaw, often misattributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson or Lao Tzu. I like this quote, because it talks about the importance of self-awareness. Ultimately, we are the result of our own decisions and actions over time. In 1897, a London periodical printed an outline for a children's sermon about this kind of mindfulness. I like this as another version, and it's the lesson I plan to teach my own son later as he gets older. This sermon takes the word WATCH, W-A-T-C-H, and breaks it into easily remembered elements, words, actions, thoughts, companions, and habits. And I like this one because it includes companions, the people you associate with. As my own father used to tell me when I was young, you are the sum of your five closest companions. Welcome to episode number seven of Everyday and Radio, where we talk about tactical skills, for an adventurous life. Today's show notes can be found at everydaymarksman.co forward slash number seven. That's everydaymarksman.co forward slash seven. I'm your host, Matt Robertson, and today is a bit of a fun episode where I'm gonna introduce to... You. Today's a bit of a fun episode where I'm going to introduce you to four characters that you might see from time to time in the show or on the blog. And this episode is inspired by a discussion that popped up recently in the Everyday Marksman forums, which you can find under the community tab at the site, and I'll drop a link in the show notes to the actual discussion itself. Fair warning, there's a good chance that these characters are probably gonna offend you in some way, so try not to take it too seriously. You see, this is a conversation about gun culture stereotypes, and we're gonna shine a light on these four characters so that we can learn to watch ourselves for our own words, actions, thoughts, companions, and habits. As is often the case, when we're deeply embedded in a subculture, we fail to see just how far outside the norm that we actually are. And while stereotypes are rarely 100% accurate, there always seems to be that one guy who jumps up and tries to fulfill it, And regardless, whether this is you or not, there's always something you can relate to, and I'm going to tell you stories along the way about kind of where I fall within this mix. Now, by the end of the episode, I want you to think about where on this spectrum of these four characters that you might fall. And if you're like me, you've probably adopted traits from each of them in some some degree or the other, or even over time, you've shifted from one to the other. Now, something to keep in mind is I'm presenting these characters as negative stereotypes of gun owners and gun culture, but that doesn't mean... Everything about them is bad. It's simply a cautionary tale of perception. Okay, are you ready? Let's talk about Tactical Timmy, Boogaloo Bob, Sheepdog Shane, and Fuddy Fred. We're going to start with Tactical Timmy. Now, there's a moment that stands out to me a few years ago while shooting at a private club range on an Air Force Base that I was stationed at. I was practicing my positional shooting with a sling as I did every other week or so, and I was having a pretty good session overall. And I particularly liked having the entire range to myself as that usually happened because not a lot of people would show up early on a Sunday morning on the central coast of California. Now about halfway through my session, a somewhat beat up Corvette pulled up and parked behind me to the left. And the owner hung around in the car for a bit, scanning the range from behind the shiny aviator sunglasses. And every once in a while, he blow a puff of vape smoke. After I finished a few strings and unslung my rifle, he got out of the car and strolled over to my station. And after exchanging a few pleasantries, he started looking over my rifle, which was a 20 inch BCM upper with a quad rail and a 4X Elcan optic. And then he looked at my range bag, my binoculars, my sling, and even my target stand. Now nearly all of his questions were about where I got something and how much it cost. He never really asked what I thought about it, if it was useful or good or anything like that. And not even once did he look at the target I had down range, which I was quite proud of the nicely printed little tight grouping for that day's practice. And after about 10 minutes of this, two more cars pulled up and parked next to his dusty Corvette, and he excused himself to go greet them. Now out hopped a bunch of 20-somethings, and for the next few minutes, they proceeded to unload five or six decked out rifles, plate carriers, helmets, cameras, and whatnot. And then after Mr. Corvette donned his plate carrier and helmet for a casual day at the range, he set off to the line to start shooting at nothing. For all intents and purposes, it looked like he was just turning money into noise while his friends took pictures and video for Instagram. As I finished up the day, I strolled over to their station and looked over all of their gear. And a few items stuck out to me as being pretty good quality, like first spear plate carriers, ACOGs, aim points, and that kind of stuff, but there was a fair bit of bargain bin Chinese junk as well. This is tactical Timmy defined. The short version, is that tactical timmies are in it for the image. They somehow know the cost of everything, but the value of nothing. You've seen this type all over social media. Their gear is pristine and a seemingly endless rotation of fancy rifles, night vision gear, ballistic protection, and slick videos with editing, In message boards, they fanboy over their favorite weapons and gear, like car guys who always know the latest model, and they denounce anything that isn't the latest and greatest as being inferior or only suitable for the poors. All the while, they ignore that the weapon and equipment is merely a tool to support the individual's capabilities. And as I quote John Simpson from back in episode 2, The man who works with a stick is going to defeat the man who plays with a sword. Now, some Timmies might actually have some skill, but most don't. They spend more money on their gear than they do on training and practice ammo. They are the epitome of gear acquisition syndrome, or gearedos in the military. Now maybe you've seen them at your local range, wearing the latest in 5.11 tactical clothing, shooting fully customized Glocks with miniature red dot sights, but seemingly unable to actually print a group on the target itself. Oh, it must be an off day, they'll tell themselves. Tactical Timmy's are in it for the image more than the skills. The shooting sports and the gear they acquire are really ways to convey status and excitement. It's about the pew pew life, and speaking of lifestyle, let's, let's pivot to, to Boogaloo Bob. Now, Bob is an older gentleman, and he's a living meme for the zombie apocalypse. He came to gun culture not through shooting itself, but through identifying first and foremost as a prepper. He spends his days running through his checklist of checklists, hoarding cheap corrosive surplus ammunition, and planning to go at it alone once the balloon goes up. And when it comes to shooting gear, Bob keeps it simple. He spent a little bit of money on 32-year-old surplus Alice gear with two belt extensions and has a bargain bin rifle that he doesn't really train or practice with. Though, if he was feeling froggy, he might have some high-dollar AK because he thinks it's impossible to jam, and even though he uses worn-out magazines and cheap ammo. Of course, in either case, he never bothered to zero his iron sights or an optic if he has one because he doesn't know any better. On the rare occasion that Boogaloo Bob does go out for some training, he looks like something out of a comic book with a machete strapped across his back and bandoliers of ammo dangling from his triple XL size jacket. If anyone calls Bob out for being too out of shape to be safe and effective, he grumbles about not needing to train because he's got 300 yards of clean sight lines from his house and ain't nobody gonna go for his stash. Do you know any Boogaloo Bobs? Oh, maybe you are a Boogaloo Bob yourself. He is your quintessential end-of-the-world prepper who owns a lot of things without really knowing how to use it. He has a 100-pound bug-out bag next to the door, loaded with two of everything because two is one and one is none. But he doesn't actually practice rucking under load and probably won't get more than a few miles before collapsing from exhaustion. He stockpiles medical supplies, ammo, fuel, and enough food to feed a small community for six months, even though he lives by himself. But since we're on the topic of older fellows, let's talk about Freddie Fudd as well. On another Sunday, at the same range that I ran into Tactical Timmy, there was an older gentleman with his wife, and he wore a fishing vest and had a 1911 hanging off his right hip. His hat was dotted with competition pins from NRA, CMP, and other overseas matches. And he spent half the time walking around talking to every other shooter there, including me, regaling us with tales of his shooting exploits in Canada and England. He criticized my AR as being a plastic poodle shooter and that I should get myself a real gun, like an M1 or an M14. And for the record, I actually own both of those as well. Now, he was super talkative, at least, at least until the RSO came by from the office. And Freddie quickly retreated back to the bench with his wife and quietly coached her into making hits with a .22 rifle. He kept to himself right up until the RSO asked to see his membership card at which point Freddie started lashing out that he's busy and just wants to be left alone. It turned out that Freddie wasn't actually a member of the club and was hoping nobody would notice. If you've never read over Professor Dave Yemaine's theories on gun culture 2.0, and again, I'll leave a link in the show notes for you, gun culture 2.0, according to the professor, is about self-defense. Its predecessor, gun culture 1.0, was much more about the outdoors and marksmanship competition. And a Freddie is a product of gun culture 1.0 and does not know how to relate to us young bucks in culture 2.0. Now, Freddie the Fud doesn't need to be an old codger wearing his yellow tinted shooting glasses and a blaze orange hat. It just may as well be a young competition shooter or a hunter who just isn't very interested in gun culture outside of their niche. Now, in the end, This is Freddie's downfall. He's short-sighted. By isolating himself from the broader discussion, he thinks he's being helpful with comments and thoughts. When really, he's just giving more ammo to the opposing political forces. So, what's the opposite of that? Well, let's get to our fourth character, Sheepdog Shane. Now, when I had this conversation in the forums, there was honestly a little bit of a disagreement about how to think about Shane, because you see. Most of you have heard Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman's concept of wolves, sheep, and sheepdogs. And if you haven't, here's a little clip that explains it.
1: One warrior put it to me like this. He said, most of the world out there is sheep. They're kind, gentle creatures that can only hurt one another by accident. He says, then there are wolves. The wolves will feed on the sheep. They're the sociopaths. They're the criminals. He says, and then there are sheepdogs. The sheep are a little leery of the sheepdog. He wanders around, uh, checks the perimeter every night, uh, barks at the moon. He would never turn his teeth on the flock, but he yearns for a righteous battle. And When the wolf comes around, nothing else will do, and the entire flock is sitting there trying to hide behind one lonely sheepdog as he faces down the wolves. We're talking about a creature who is capable of confronting and dealing with combat and sustaining themselves across the long haul the goal becomes to be a sheepdog, to be a warrior, to be the one that is ready to respond to the threats when the time arises.
0: Now, I'm not going to lie. This whole thing is sounds really cool. Like everybody gets really into this because we all see ourselves as that warrior cast who is looking out for the little guy and, and protecting our families and our communities. I get it. We're into it. You know, it's really popular among the gun owning community, especially veterans and police officers, as well as concealed carry holders who are often police officer veterans. Now, the story even made its way to the opening of the 2014 movie American Sniper, based on the late Chris Kyle's book of the same name. I like this comparison, even though it's not without a few flaws. But our character of Sheepdog Shane takes the analogy just a little too far. To me, the point of the Sheepdog story is highlighting that there will always be some friction between those standing ready to do violence for the greater good and those who abhor violence, even when used to protect them. Sheepdog Shane goes too far because he is focused on living the sheepdog lifestyle, and he could easily be seen as a wolf himself. Shane attends copious amounts of tactical training, but eschews competition as being merely unrealistic gaming. He drives lifted pickup trucks with Punisher skulls stuck to the windows next to his pro-Second Amendment decals, and he always wears tactical-looking clothing, even when it isn't appropriate for the venue. He religiously carries and tells everyone around him that concealed means concealed, even though his ripstop cargo pants cobra-buckled nylon belt shifted off to one side and his scanning eyes just scream to anybody looking that I'm carrying a gun. Shane looks out of place in a business setting because the oversized suit he wears to work and he bought it to dress around the gun looks bad among his peers. And he shows up to political protests wearing multicam, plate carriers, and toting a rifle, quoting, I'm here to ensure the peace. It's not that any one of these things are bad by themselves or wrong or illegal, but it makes nearly everyone else around him uncomfortable with his stability. Well, that's the way of the sheepdog, he would say. So let's tie this together. Let's bring us all to a point. I don't want you to walk away thinking that I'm being hard on gun culture for the sake of controversy. Just about everyone in our culture has elements of Timmy, Bob, Freddie, and Shane in them. You know, starting the Everyday Markson was, in part, an effort to overcome my own internal tactical Timmy by being a little bit more like Freddie and Shane. It's okay to like and talk about gear, but temper that with time and practice to develop skills. It's okay to be a Boogaloo Bob and prioritize your supplies and checklists over gear. But at least consider that the weapon system, as a sum of parts, includes the rifle, ammunition, magazines, and your own physical capabilities. And if you're an out of shape Boogaloo Bob, it's important to remember that medication is hard to come by in the Boogaloo. And you're better off getting as healthy as possible before it happens. So what about Fuddy Fred? You know, competition shooting and hunters are great, and they have a lot of lessons to pass on. And if your priority is these realms of the shooting sports, all I ask is that you realize they are subsets of the whole. And to quote Benjamin Franklin, we must all hang together or we will surely hang separately. So what about Shane? I'm sure a lot of folks listening right now consider yourselves to be a sheepdog and would take issue with my depiction of quoting the lifestyle. The bottom line is that I 100% support the idea behind the sheepdog mentality. But try to temper that with the understanding of how it comes across to those who aren't part of the community. At the end of the day, that's what everyday marksman is about. It's finding that path that preaches being capable across a spectrum of situations while not being dogmatic about it. So let's tie this back to what I mentioned at the beginning with the whole watch concept of your words and your actions and your thoughts and your habits and your companions. You know, what tends to happen in our community is that we find our little niches of our tactical Timmies who hang out on Instagram or on message boards, or our Sheepdog Shanes who tend to tend to go to a lot of training classes together, or your, your Boogaloo Bobs who hang out in message boards and go you to know, prepper groups, or your hunting buddies if you're a Freddie Fudd or your competition crowd. Everybody finds their niche and they tend to hang out with people just like them. And all I'm saying is, if that's what you associate with, then you don't really notice how different you might be from somebody else. So just take a step back and think about it. All right, Tribe, that's going to do it for me today. I'm signing off. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to come on by, check out the show notes at everydaymarksman.co forward slash seven. I'm also going to leave a link to the discussion we had in the forum about who of our four characters here is going to win in a fight. My money is on Shane, by the way. I think he's just got that tactical background to back it up. All right. And if you're new to the show and you want to join our little posse, I really would appreciate if you came by the website, hit that big fat subscribe button. And that way I get your email. I can let you know about everything going on in the community, give you updates let you know about sales that are going and all the exciting things we're going to be doing in the future. All right. That's it. Enough talking from me. Have a great day, guys. I will catch you next time.